especially in spirituality, there's this, this overarching theme of detachment, right? Detachment from, you know, physical needs and, and, and material wants and all of these things, um, to, to, uh, fulfill yourself internally, which is all well and good, totally into that. But we also live in the material world. So denying that is denying ourselves, you know, uh, our, our given senses, right? Like, you know, everything, everything that we experience in life, um, we experience on a physical level and beauty is such a huge part of that. And like I said, beauty is subjective. So, you know, we all have different tastes. We all have, you know, reasons why we like different things and, and it's important to honor those things. of the Spears podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. It is Friday that I am recording this intro, Venus's Day. What a perfect day to record the intro for a podcast about fashion, particularly The themes in this episode explore the deeper meaning of fashion and beauty sovereignty and the meaning of our clothing, such as the colors that we're wearing and what energies those colors represent and relate to and how we can cast spells with our wardrobe. And I hope that regardless of your current position on fashion, so if you think it's frivolous or if you already think it's really valuable and amazing, Maybe there's people in your life who really care about clothes and you don't think too much about it. As someone who has always, like, I remember, I have early memories of being like four or five years old and going through my closet and looking at my dresses and feeling amazing. Like, it's this very particular memory of just feeling like wealthy in my soul, like looking at this one particular dress that had flowers on it and being outside of time, outside of identity, but just being in this character at that moment as a child of like feeling like I lived in a castle and like I just lived in complete luxury. I just loved having clothes. And I've also had my own bouts of feeling like I don't know what to wear or I don't have enough clothing or I don't feel connected to the clothing that I'm wearing and feeling like really upset about it and also feeling like I'm not supposed to be upset about it because clothing doesn't matter etc etc but it always has mattered to me in such a deep way that having this conversation illuminated so much for me and And not too long after having this conversation with Gabby, the stylist witch, I went thrift shopping and this particular thrift store had everything. Like it has furniture, it has old photos, it has paintings. It's like a warehouse and it has books. And this book caught my eye called Open and Clothes for the Passionate Clothes Lover. And it's all these critical theory essays about fashion. And I feel that this conversation was such a gateway into remembering and claiming ownership again of how much I care about fashion and how much it actually influences my mood, how good it actually makes me feel, and how important it is to have a positive relationship with fashion and beauty and to have a positive relationship with fashion and beauty. um, You know, I want to say, I think it's quite possible that our relationship with fashion is as complex as our relationship with money or our relationship with love. There can be a lot of baggage. There can be a lot of social conditioning. Um, There's a lot of advertisements about the way that we should look and the internalization of those advertisements year after year 
creates such deep pain in so many people. And to reclaim the capacity to feel beautiful, to feel beauty sovereignty, to feel like you love your outfits and to feel like you're self-expressed through your outfits in whatever body type you have, that is coming into relationship with a whole archetype with Venus Um, and Venus representing pleasure and self-worth and love and enjoyment. So wherever you're at with this particular theme, it's still labor season. Um, I invite you to consider the magical qualities of wardrobe. So here's a little bit more about Gabriela Rosales, aka the stylist witch at the stylist witch before we start. Gabriella is a fashion stylist and glamour witch based in Los Angeles. Specializing in the use of one's wardrobe as the ultimate magical tool and is a proponent of personal style as a spiritual practice. Being a Venusian-ruled quadruple Taurus, Gabriella's divine purpose is to empower others through the self-loving ritual of adornment. For her, beauty is not an obligation or a convention, but a way of being. And you can find her at thestyluswitch.com. Super magical Taurus. I've had such a great time getting to know her and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Welcome, Gabriella. Hi, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was about what you do as a stylist and how you started this work. So I moved into styling from designing um, about a year and a half ago. I used to have a clothing brand called Moon Arrow where I designed and handmade all of my clothes. And, um, I found that like with a lot of the photo shoots that I did and stuff, um, I was always really into including other brands, which as a designer is not like the best thing to do all the time, but I was really into, um, putting outfits together, um, from other brands that I love, like other small brands, like, like, um, based in LA and stuff. And so I just kind of found that that was much more my calling and that designing, especially being a one woman show, um, designing and handmaking everything, it just got to be a lot. And, um, it was really expensive to sustain. And, um, I just found that my natural capability came a lot more in styling. So that's just how that kind of happened. Yeah. So you have like a really interesting like cosmology and philosophy around fashion. So I'd love to hear like how you see fashion as a spiritual practice and outfits as a spell. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that's been very prevalent throughout my life. Um, I always like growing up, I was really into, um, making my outfits my own. Like one of the worst things ever when I was in school was like going to school and somebody having like the same shirt as me or something. I was like, oh, well, it's not special anymore. You know, like I hate that. So I started just kind of like manipulating my clothes. I started by like deconstructing like t-shirts and cutting them up. And I used to wear a lot of Converse and I would like, you know, color them and put studs on them, anything to be different. Um, because that was something that I just really wanted. I wanted to be my own person, like ever since I was young. So, um, the development of this, um, it's kind of funny because in retrospect, like I see that I have been doing this all of my life and how fashion has been such a powerful medium for me to, um, discover myself really because um, I am a child of immigrants. So when I was in school, I grew up in like a predominantly white area. Um, you know, I didn't have the same like cultural references as people that I was in school with. Um, so I always felt like very, very isolated. And 
Um, I, I just wanted to find my identity, like through fashion that kind of married my culture that I didn't, you know, want to let go of, but that also would find me some acceptance, like into school and like making friends and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, fashion is such a powerful tool for that. Um, because, because like I said, it really is at the end of the day about self-discovery, you know, we always hear, um, the phrase like, oh, it's just a phase, you know, but those phases are important because you're learning what resonates with you much more than just on a physical level, but on a spiritual level, because if you are going through a phase, um, that doesn't feel right, like you're not you're not going to continue to do that. So, um, yeah, like it was a very powerful thing for me to kind of find myself through all of this and not just find myself, but accept myself too. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a very powerful, very, um, evolutionary, uh, thing that has been just like the focal point of my life really. (laughs) That's awesome. And you have like tons of Taurus in your chart, right? (laughs) <laughs> absolutely ruled by Venus. My, I have a first house Taurus stellium. So my sun, my moon, and my Venus are all in Taurus. <laughs> and rising. So yeah. like truly a triple Taurus plus Venus yes. <laughs> in her home sign. Um, I'm curious about the cultural aspect that you mentioned. Like if there's parts of your familial culture that find their way into your fashion. Absolutely. Um, Well, when I was younger, I was trying a little harder to fit in. So I'm Latin American. My heritage is from El Salvador, Chile, Venezuela. Um, And so when I was younger, I really didn't want to be associated with that culture. Like I was doing you know, I was wearing a lot of pastels and, you know, wearing Abercrombie and all this stuff, like really trying to like be the kind of like preppy style that was popular when I was in school. And then, um, I finally started to realize that I shouldn't, uh, neglect my culture like that. And so I started wearing a lot like more vibrant colors and, you know, instead of straightening my hair all the time, I would let it be curly and I would wear hoop earrings and kind of incorporate, um, those, those, uh, cultural fashion choices and kind of blend them, um, to, to, kind of create like a, a, you know, a contemporary, uh, kind of mesh of all of these things that ultimately was me. <laughs> cool. I, so talking about different color schemes, what is the role that color plays in fashion and the magical side of it? Well, color magic is substantial. And a lot of us are familiar with, you know, the generalized like um, yellow means happy, blue means sad, you know, red means power, those kind of things. But it goes so much deeper than that. And, um, you know, it's not just uh, like the primary colors like that. I mean, you can get into the, the meaning and the symbolism of, you know, colors like like iridescent and, and gold and silver and, and different shades of different colors as well. And um, every color has... Uh, has a psychological response and uh, a spiritual meaning that um, that I feel like a lot of us actually unconsciously tap into already. Um, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of people, uh, their wardrobes already without knowing will be like the primary colors in their wardrobe will already be symbolic of the energies that are dominant in their life. Can you give some examples of like what the different colors mean and like common kind of maybe fashion trends or ways that people tend to dress and like what that means? For sure. Um, well, in particular in LA and a lot of like big cities and stuff, um, there's always a very uh, a very prominent uh, presence of people who dress in all black, you know, that's like a big 
thing. It's like a lifestyle, you know, there's hashtags, like everything, like people are super into dressing in all black. And uh, I went through a phase like that too. And I still will. I did too. My all black days for sure. It's, it's very powerful. And that's funny because that's actually what black symbolizes is, is that power and that authority. Um, so that is why, you know, a lot of people, uh, dress in all black because it gives you that confidence and it just, it comes off like pretty badass, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that has been very popular. Um, and also, but I just want to like comment on that for a moment because I did have a phase of wearing all black, um, in my early twenties and very powerful things happened in my life at that time. And Mm -hmm. I remember feeling powerful wearing all black, but I also stopped eventually because I was getting the feedback that I looked goth. And I don't think I even did. It was just stray comments here and there that I was like, I'm not even trying to signal anything anymore by wearing all black. Like maybe it's phase is done. So it had this moment where it was really empowering and I got like a lot of, you know, I was like chic and it just had this energy to it, but then it also dwindled out and I didn't like the feedback I was getting anymore. So I started introducing colors. Definitely. And I, I totally agree with that because I went through my all black phase, but I've never identified as goth either. And like people were kind of saying the same things to me. And I was like, no, it's not about being goth, you know, like all black doesn't always have to mean that. And I think that that's kind of an, uh, an unfortunate association because I feel like a lot of people who would like to wear black and feel empowered in that way will kind of veer away from it because they don't want to come off as goth, which I think is silly and just like a silly association that that has. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, the all black thing is powerful, but then, but then, you know, you want to introduce some colors. And like I said, I still have my days where I want to wear all black. And so it doesn't have to be you know, a lifestyle, like I said before, it can be, you know, you can have your days and you can have your phases. Saturday. (laughs) Exactly. I was just about to say that I wear all black a lot on Saturdays because Saturdays are ruled by Saturn and the color associations are black and brown and navy blue. But yeah, I love an all black moment. (laughs) So what are some other kind of like color scheme associations? So something that I am really into is actually dressing in accordance with the ruling planets of each weekday. So for example, Monday is ruled by the moon. So its color associations are white, gray, silver, light blue, lavender, anything like really, you know, moony. (laughs) Um, And so those, um, generally those colors are very, um, kind of receptive energies. And I will also actually lead my weekdays like that too, because, you know, Mondays are a day where so many people struggle so much, you know, it's like the Monday blues and everyone's talking about needing coffee and all these things. And I'm like, it's associated with the moon and that's so much <laughs> energy. And so I actually feel that dressing in those color associations helps me tap into those more calm energies. And then I start my week in a slower way and, um, and just ease into it, you know, which, which I find to be a much more organic energy. Like when you, when you start doing that, it starts feeling right. So yeah. Yeah. That's really, I like that you mentioned that. I'm so like off of the, um, like I haven't had a job. Like I work for myself, I mean, but I haven't been employed by anyone external for years and years. (laughs) Never really had like a full on nine to five kind of life. So I've only had public schooling really to reference for like the Monday energy. But it is interesting that our society does that. And it's so kind of like not in alignment with the lunar quality. It really isn't. And you can feel it so much. And, you know, um, I'm just building off of that, you know, the next day, Tuesday is ruled by Mars. And I have always felt that, Mar- that Tuesdays are like my most active days. Like I feel 
Like that's like the Monday energy everybody talks about, like I feel on Tuesday. And then when I found out that it was ruled by Mars, like that made so much sense um, that I've already been innately aligning with that. And I feel like a lot of people are subconsciously aligned to that and just don't even realize it. And, uh, and so Tuesday is ruled by Mars. Those color associations are like fiery colors, like red, orange, hot pink, like anything bold and bright, assertive. Um, Yeah. And those are the energies. Like once you start aligning with that, it really makes your weeks flow so much nicer. It it really makes such a huge difference. (laughs) Yeah. What is the like energetic quality or like the differences that you notice in your life from aligning with fashion and the planets? I feel that things are just not as forced, you know, like on Mondays, like I don't force myself to start my weeks like so aggressively and stuff because that, that in turn just messes up, messes up the energy of the subsequent week. And so aligning yourself with these energies, I mean, after a while, you don't even notice it. And that's how you know that it's real because you just, you just, you feel it anyway. Um, so I definitely have found myself being a lot more productive, a lot more mindful of myself and my time and my time management and all of these things, because I finally have like days that are energetically aligned for certain things. And so I actually find myself aligning my weeks, my months, like everything a lot more with those energies than I do our standard, um, Monday through Friday and stuff. And it just, I feel like I have a lot more energy and like my, my intuition is more on point. I mean, everything, like it really shifts everything. Awesome. So you had like a quarantine breakthrough, right? Like you got an astrology reading and like got like a meta perspective of why you do fashion, like what came through? So I had my birth chart read for the first time, which I can't believe it took me so long to do because I've been really into astrology for a very long time. Um, but yeah, basically I discovered, um, you know, my, my first house stellium and I even have like my black moon Lilith is conjunct with the asteroid Aphrodite. It just like could not be more Venusian. And, um, I, you know, before having my birth chart read, I, um, I had always had this internal struggle because at the end of the day, I really want to make the world a better place. Like in any capacity, that's always been something that has been very important to me. But, you know, the fashion industry is like one of the most toxic industries on earth. Um, so my, my passion for that, um, I just always had an internal struggle where it was like, I love this and I know that I want to do this, but how is this going to make the world a better place? Like, how am I really spending my time the best way that I could be? And after having my birth chart read, I mean, I just felt so validated because, you know, because, um, making the world a better place is so there's so many different ways to do that. And, you know, I was looking at these, you know, these grand things, like I was like, maybe I should be like a civil rights lawyer, you know, like all these different things. And, um, after having my birth chart reading and basically just, uh, how it described that I am meant to make the world a better place, not by making it more beautiful because beauty is subjective, but by making people feel more beautiful and not just on the outside, but on the inside, because that is real energetic alchemy, right? And when you, when you feel that on the inside, you lead your life completely differently. So I basically just felt um, the validation uh, that I was that I was making a difference in that way because changing people's lives on an individual basis is so important, and that's where everything starts. So I, ever since then, I have really been able to push forward in a way that I never have before because I have that that confidence and. Um, just, uh, the reassurance that I am using, you know, my, my Venusian gifts to make the world more beautiful. Um, and like I said, not just in an external way, but in an internal way, because, um, 
you know, especially for women, uh, the beauty industry and all of the things that uh, we see in the media, you know, we're so uh, it's so predatory and, you know, we're made to feel very insecure. But then when we engage with, um, you know, with with the beauty industry and all these things, um, there's also like a, you know, like an insidious uh, thing where people are like, you know, if you engage with material things so much, it must mean that you lack internal depth. And I think that that is such a harmful and such a toxic narrative to introduce, especially into women, because we are the targets for these industries and um, reclaiming your own beauty standards, like by, by your standards and not by society is like such a radical thing. And, um, and doing that and owning your, your subjective beauty standards is, is powerful. You know, it it really can change your whole life. That does sound powerful. And also like to love an industry or love a field that has this toxicity that you're mentioning and like have the love for it. I feel like there's an alchemy in that of understanding how to navigate it in a more like life enhancing way. So like, what does beauty mean to you? And like, how do people access beauty in a way that feels good? And isn't this um, chasing of something that we're conditioned to feel like we have to be? Well, one of the things that um, I find really interesting, especially as someone who has had like a pretty strong spiritual practice for a long time, is that especially in spirituality, there's this this overarching theme of detachment, right? Detachment from, you know, physical needs and, and, and material wants and all of these things um, to to. Uh, fulfill yourself internally, which is all well and good. Totally into that. But we also live in the material world. So denying that is denying ourselves, you know, uh, our our given senses, right? Like, you know, everything, everything that we experience in life, um, we experience on a physical level and beauty is such a huge part of that. And like I said, beauty is subjective. So, you know, we all have different tastes. We all have, you know, reasons why we like different things and, and it's important to honor those things. And, um, you know, to not, to not chastise ourselves for, for engaging with these practices, because at the end of the day, like we are physical beings in the physical world. And so being able to reach a balance between, you know, um, internal fulfillment and also external fulfillment, you know, not, not promoting excess or anything like that, but, you know, we, we live in this world and to not participate in it on that level is ultimately a disservice, um, to the quality of our lives. And, you know, beauty is so much more, you know, as a Venusian being, beauty is so much more than even just like fashion and stuff. It's about, you know, ultimately romanticizing your life, um, in every capacity. Mm. I mean, I'm so all about that. (laughs) I'm so curious what you have to say about that. Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm like super, super Taurus. So I'm, you know, really into fashion and food and, you know, having my home be like beautiful and comfortable, but those things are important because in order to, to reach that spiritual and internal growth, we need to have our foundations. And a lot of our, our foundations are in the physical world. I mean, doing what we can, especially through quarantine to make our homes, um, a comfortable sacred space where we feel comfortable, uh, to, to, to do that internal growth and to, and to, uh, you know, to participate in all of the, you know, the myriad of ways that we can develop spiritually. And, um, yeah, I mean, beauty is, is a way of life, you know, and, and I really think that that, um, you know, we all have the capacity to do that. And I also think that beauty is very restricted in, um, you know, so many people see its definition only in the physical and material where beauty is how you lead your life. It's how you, how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself, like self-love, you know, all of these things. Like, um, for example, um, with Taurus and Venus, uh, the goddess association is Aphrodite. And a lot of people think that, 
you know, she's just about love and sex and relationships, but ultimately she's about self love. Like that's the most important love. And so, um, there, I personally, um, when I practice my, my devotions to Venus and Aphrodite, it's, it's mostly through myself because that, that ultimately is, um, engaging with, with the self-love that is the most important part of what she rules. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Mm. I love like the thought of romanticizing life and engaging the physical plane as a vehicle for doing that. Cause there's all the, like in astrology, the elements, um, Mm. there's the ways that we think, which we'd be more air, how we feel water, but how we interact with physicality and with objects and with clothing and with the body is a very kind of earth-based Taurian even, uh, process. And what do you think about, um, resources or resourcefulness, like approaching fashion or beauty from like wherever one is at in terms of wealth um, or capacity? Yeah, well, this is actually something I'm very passionate about um, because, you know, I've never been able to like afford designer or like anything like that, but that should never stop anyone from being able to participate in, um, in fashion alchemy because, um, well, I'm also a huge proponent for like thrifting and stuff because um, it's cheaper, but it also promotes sustainability. And like I said before, it's always been hard for me to reconcile that I want to make the world a better place, but you know, my place is within fashion. So for me, uh, a huge way that I'm able to reconcile that in my work is by promoting uh, thrifting and vintage and things like this, and also repurposing um, clothes you already have. So um, I'm a personal stylist. Um, as you know, we've worked together a little bit. Um, so a lot of the time when I am working with clients, um, one of the biggest things I find is that most of the time people already have like the clothes and like resources that they need to elevate themselves in that way. Because, um, what I've found, which is super interesting because I have never done this myself. So I had no idea that this was a thing, but a lot of people really compartmentalize their wardrobes. So like their workout clothes is only for working out. Their work clothes is only for work. Their casual clothes is only for that. And that is so limiting. And it's also, um, you know, you've paid money for that clothes. Like you might as well like use it, you know, for, for, for whatever. So I, I, I find most of the time that most people already have so much stuff that they're just not really using or, you know, have not figured out how to wear appropriately or whatever. Um, So most of the time, um, they already have a lot of those resources, but then when they don't, um, uh, something that I do with like, um, my closet detoxes, for example, is I identify gaps in people's closets. So depending on like the aesthetic they're wanting to achieve, um, you know, I will suggest, um, I'll suggest certain pieces. And I always suggest pieces from like either sustainable places, you know, brands that are, uh, owned by like, you know, people of color, marginalized communities. Like that's a really, really big, important thing for me. Um, but also, you know, uh, I have these, um, the fashion alchemy subscription boxes that I do that are based in each Zodiac sign. And so basically what I do is I curate, um, a monochromatic outfit that is, um, in line with the color association of the certain season. But I get all of these things from, from thrift stores and, uh, I have never had trouble finding anything of any size. Um, there's, there's so much and it, it actually blows my mind. Like every time I go to the thrift store, the amount of clothes that there are, and we're talking like brand name stuff. I mean, it's, it's insane. So, um, that is definitely a huge, huge resource. Um, it blows my mind. Like whenever I've been thrifting with Taurus sons, they are so good at finding treasure. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, and yeah, every time I've been shopping with a Taurus, they have these like secrets for like how they 
move through the rack and like feel it or something. And like, there's just this way that it's almost like supernatural, like (laughs) Taurus is in a thrift store. Like it's something else. It's definitely about the time spent. Like I definitely will spend like a good, like couple hours in the thrift store, but that's what you need to do, you know, cause there's so, so much stuff. How do you and, have the uh, patience? How do you, do you listen to music? Like that's what you do is. a like ritual prayer beforehand or something? Like, <laughs> no, but a lot of the times I will kind of visualize things that I want to find like not specific things but like for example for the fashion alchemy subscription boxes like I go shopping according to the color palette that I'm looking for so you know in those those subscription boxes I send people questionnaires that ask about you know sizing preferences all this stuff um, as well as uh, style icons. So that's a really important thing because that gives me a really good idea of like the, the general kind of vibe that I'm going for. So that is something that I will have in mind, like on route <laughs> to the thrift store. And, um, and I am usually pretty lucky, you know? Um, and another, another resource, especially now with COVID, um, something that I've been having to do a lot more too is, um, secondhand websites like Depop and Poshmark. I mean, those are incredible. Like, you know, I find I shop for myself on those sites now more than anything else because they're, they're cheap, they're secondhand. Um, and it's, and it's personal, you know, uh, these are like, these are individual people running their stores and, um, and it's, it's a, it's an intimate experience, you know, it's, it's really lovely. Like you get to, you know, the, the, there's so much more thoughtfulness and care that goes into everything. And I, I really appreciate that. (laughs) What do you think about, um, the energetic quality of vintage clothing. So that is something that um, I am working on a written piece to talk about as well. Um, So vintage is really interesting because that is really where energetic alchemy comes in. Like the term fashion alchemy, like that is most expressed um, in vintage. Because, you know, because those clothes are secondhand, there's like residual energy and you don't know how much, you know, you don't know if it's, if it was a generational thing, how many rounds it's done, all of these things. And, you know, sometimes, uh, well, especially with the fashion alchemy boxes, like I cleanse everything energetically always, like whether it be sacred smoke, you know, putting things in the moonlight, like crystals, like what, whatever I feel like a certain piece needs. But a lot of that also comes by wearing the piece, right? So when we were talking earlier about, you know, um, casting through, through outfits, um, a lot of that work is unspoken. It is, it is purely energetic. So, you know, um, if you, get like, you know, an old vintage blazer or something. Um, you know, when you wear that to something like a business meeting or something, and it gives you like the confidence, like you look professional, you feel professional, all of those things you are, you are, um, what's the word? (laughs) You are really integrating your, your energy into that piece. And so that, um, that's one of the biggest parts, um, of, of fashion alchemy as a whole is that, you know, it is, it is ultimately spell casting, um, without the need to speak. It is purely energetic. And that just goes to show how strong that is. And, and we've all experienced that to a point, you know, like when you're, you know, having kind of a, you know, a, a crappy day and like, you know, you throw on something or like your hair actually looks like really cute. And all of a sudden you feel better. Like you're standing up a little straighter, all of those things, that energy is, is tangible. So when you wear something and it gives, it gives you that energy, you are embedding that into your clothing moving forward. And Um, it's interesting too, because that can, you know, that can blend with the existing energies, which, which just gives it so much more depth. And that's something that I really love, um, about, about shopping vintage. 
That's so cool. That's, it's interesting too. Like that just gave me memories of like different pieces that I've loved so much. And like the way that sometimes like a piece, like has a life cycle with me or something like it has its time, but then I have to give it away because it no longer feels right. But I know that it's such a good piece that it's worth like recirculating it. So someone else can have an experience with it. Right. It's no longer serving the purpose that you had needed it for. And so now you can pass that energy along to somebody who it can service in that same way. And that's beautiful. You know, that's one of the the really beautiful and really poetic things about, about vintage. So I want to come back to the idea of color palettes and just explore a few more like common ways that people dress and like what it means. Definitely. Um, So I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. That's where I am right now. Um, And this area is very, um, very like preppy. Um, You know, there's, uh, it's a, a (laughs) yeah, it's definitely like um, very, uh, very professional. You know, there's a lot of people like the, um, the NIH and the IMF are based here. Um, the International Monetary Fund, you know, all these these big um, big companies and big corporations and stuff. So a lot of people here, you know, have to dress in suits and like things like that, and that um, you know trickles down into the way that everybody in this area kind of dresses. And so something that I always found um, very was a very predominant fashion choice here was, um, you know, a lot of people are really into, you know, blue jeans, like denim and, you know, like the crisp white shirts, like things like that. And that, you know, in retrospect, observing that and having the knowledge of colors and things that I do now makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, blue jeans, for example, that are typically navy blue. Um, Navy blue represents uh, wisdom. It represents authority. Um, And those are, uh, it also represents responsibilities. So those are, those are all energies that are, that are embodied by the people that wear them. And that is a very, you know, people in this area are very, you know, they're very professional and very like put together and all these things. And that is reflected in, um, in their clothing choices. Like that's, that's something that is, is very predominant here. Um, you know, and even, uh, expanding on the Navy blue thing, um, you know, like I said, it represents responsibility and authority. And, you know, we look at the, the color of, uh, police uniforms, you know, they're Navy blue and that, totally, you know, makes sense as, um, as what the color means. Um, I do think that, you know, it's a little bit, um, you know, especially now with like, you know, the state of the state of the police and all these things, I definitely think that, um, there's been, uh, some, some, a little bit of a disservice towards the color Navy blue, because it's like associated with, um, with authority, which is supposed to be a good thing, but it just, in that regard, it's been a little bit abused. Um, but yeah, you know, those colors really create uniforms for people. And like I said before, um, it's, it's very common, especially when I'm working with personal styling clients that a lot of, um, the energies that they present in life are represented by the colors that they have in their wardrobe. I've always thought that that is super interesting. Um, yeah, like a lot of people that will wear predominantly navy blue or, or white or brown are people that are like very put together, like very professional, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. What about like neutral palette, pastel, jewel tone, and iridescent? You mentioned iridescent, so I want to know what's yeah. up yeah. So, um, iridescent, for example, I got really into, um, during Aquarius season because Aquarius is all about, you know, those extraterrestrial vibes, like all these things. So, um, so iridescent is like a perfect representation of that, like that, that creativity, the innovation, and that is, um, what, what, 
iridescent is symbolic of. So, you know, a lot of people that wear things like that are very creative, very innovative, very um, boundary pushing, you know? So um, I, I, I will never not be blown away by how people already innately tap into these energies based on what they wear. And it's, I I just think it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And it just, it just goes to show how, how deeply rooted this really is Um, because people do it you know, people do this without, without knowing that they're doing and they're, they're casting on, you know, unspoken spells that they don't even realize that they're doing. And, um, that's, that's so powerful. Like, you know, the power of fashion is, is really unbounded in that respect. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder, so the process of making it conscious, like choosing colors on purpose feels like that could open up a lot of experimentation and, um, having new experiences, certainly with like wearing all black and transitioning out of that, I started to be reflected by my environment differently, which helped me shift parts of myself because the, you know, wearing all black had become too much of a box. Definitely. Um, I have actually found it really refreshing too, because, you know, I was kind of stuck in my own, kind of color palette box where I was wearing, you know, a lot of like purples and pinks and really like ethereal colors, um, which I love. I still love those colors, but getting into alignment with, um, like color correspondences for like each Zodiac season, for example, has done a few things. Um, first of all, I've gotten to experience with colors that I didn't wear before or didn't like like before. For example, like Virgo season right now, like I'm wearing this dark blue. This was a color that I would never ever wear, like ever. I never really liked navy blue. I kind of just like, I don't know. It just, it never really resonated with me. And now that I've connected with its energy, like not just the way it looks, it, it feels, it feels nice to wear. And I actually do like the way it looks now. So it's done a few things. Um, and I, you know, connecting with the energies of the Zodiac as they happen every year, I think is really important. It it kind of relates to, um, you know, the, when we were talking about, um, the planetary rulers for each day of the week, how it helps you flow with these energies more organically. It's the same thing with this. And like I align, um, you know, the days of the week much more with the planets. Now I keep track of months much more by the Zodiac signs now because of its energy. Um, and I actually think Virgo season is such a great example because, this time of year, you know, like the beginning of September, like this is um, when school starts in the United States and in North America. Um, And so I've always associated this time of year with like back to school energy, you know, and that entails, you know, getting your life together, getting organized, you know, um, just like tying up loose ends in your life so that you can start the next school year on a good note. And so I have always thought that it was really funny that even after leaving school, you know, like 10 years ago, like I still very much feel that energy. And then when I started learning about the Zodiac and, and, um, the color associations and everything, it all makes sense that like Virgo season is during like, you know, when back to school would be. And that even after you're out of school, you're still very much in touch with that energy. And um, like I said, Navy is representative of responsibility and stuff like that. So it really, all of these things um, work together to, to aid you in, um, in just flowing naturally with the, the natural energetic currents of the year. So what do you feel um, for maybe some upcoming events like you had mentioned to me Halloween and what's going on astrologically? Yeah, so Halloween, there is a full moon in Taurus. Um, so, so this is 2020 for anyone who's listening in the future. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's a full moon on Halloween in Taurus, um, which is really presents a very unique opportunity because, um, typically if it was just a full moon in Taurus, like Halloween wasn't involved, um, 
you know, I would be wearing uh, things that are like white because of the full moon, as well as green because that's Taurus's color association. But because it's also Halloween and that's, um, you know, the day where the the veil is thinnest, um, you want to, you also want to incorporate things that will connect you to the other side if that's something that you're trying to do. So for something like that, you know, if you're trying to connect to, you know, your ancestors or whatever it may be, this is a perfect opportunity to wear, you know, family heirlooms, like things like that, things that are already embedded with, um, with those, those, those deeper spiritual energies. So that's something that, um, will be very fun to incorporate, um, for that full moon. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely something that, um, will, will be much more personal. And that, that is something, you know, that you can, you can dive into as, as, as deep or, or as, um, you know, as shallow as you would like. And, um, also in regards to, um, you know, making connections with the spiritual realm or whatever, um, it would also be beneficial, especially if it's something that is new to you, that um, you could wear also colors that um, are representative of protection. So um, like brown would be a good color. And that is also kind of associated with Taurus. So it's a whole vibe. Like you can definitely, you can definitely ex- uh, experiment and kind of create um, your spiritual armor in a sense. Cool. I feel so inspired to play more with like the planetary days too. I was in a good habit of that. And it's actually like, because it's Mars retrograde right now, I've been not really doing up the reds. I've been like wearing copper and like doing Venusian things on Mars days, which feels good for me right now. But earlier I would wear red and whatnot. Um, well, my hair is red. So you're, you've got, <laughs> you've got that all encompassing thing right now too. <laughs> oh yeah. I totally did do that in time for Mars retrograde. That's maybe why though, because you've already got it covered. So now you, you can fill in, um, whatever else you're needing. And so if that's, if those are Venusian qualities, then that's something that you're able to engage with because you've already got the Mars aspect covered. <laughs> Totally. I always like adding more like Venusian things to life. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, so tell us about like what you do when you work with people. Um, so you're a stylist, you have like these boxes, you help people with their closets. Like, I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, um, I do. I do a lot. <laughs> and, um, thankfully, quarantine has um, really given me the opportunity to to do a lot more of these um, kind of personal styling things, because before quarantine, that wasn't really the, the direction that I was going in. But I'm so glad that this opportunity presented itself because I really love working with people one on one because, you know, personal style and the development of personal style really is a method of self-discovery. And so, you know, when you realize the depth of that, um, you know, working with people one-on-one really is an intimate experience in that way. Um, and, you know, clothing can be, you know, very therapeutic. And, um, you know, I had a client, um, a few months ago whose story is just, one of the most beautiful things ever. So she hired me for a closet detox and we went through, you know, a lot of things. Um, we found some items in her closet that, um, were really cute, but like they needed to be hemmed or maybe she just needed to accessorize differently. So we were able to give, um, some old pieces, some new life, but also, um, she had been dealing, uh, with a breakup for a while. And, um, she had, she told me, um, the room that she had her closet in was actually like her workspace as well. So she told me that the week leading up to our closet detox, she had gone through her whole room and, uh, you know, cleaned all these things out and gotten rid of things that were her exes and all these things. So she, she, um, you know, was, was shifting the physical items in the room, but she was also shifting the stagnant energy in there. So when we got to her closet, there were a few pieces of her exes that were still there that she was like hanging on to. 
And, you know, I encouraged her to, um, you know, to get rid of those pieces in whatever way, you know, whether she wanted to give them away or like give them to Goodwill, whatever. Um, but she needed to, you know, get rid of that energy in her, in her life that was holding her back. And, um, we, we did this thing at the end where we added some empty hangers to her closet to kind of, um, have this, this welcoming energy for, for something, someone new in her life. And, um, a few months ago, she like met this guy and has been dating this guy and they're like so perfect and so cute. And, um, I just think that that, is so powerful and really goes to show how much energy can really reside in your clothing and, and in your closet. Like, you know, that's such a, such a thing that people really don't think about. And, um, and I think that quarantine has gotten a lot of people the time necessary to go through their closet and like get rid of old clothes that subsequently is stagnant energy. That is just not, not doing you any service. I love too that like cleaning out one's closet is a metaphor, you know, and then you can also literalize it. And I think that there's, yeah, as far as, you know, I don't know that much about like feng shui or like the energetics of the space, but intuitively it feels like closets are places where things get forgotten and kind of like shoved and stuffed away. And so to have like a freshly, you know, moved around and like simplified or beautified closet could have a lot of ramifications for one's relationship with their shadow or the parts of themselves that are like in latency. Cause I feel like the shadow is both what we don't want to look at, but it's also like gifts that we're not fully using or acknowledging. And then the closet is such a literal example of that. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, when you are, are dispelling that, that energy and stuff, it feels like a literal weight lifted off of you. And after that, you know, you have like, you know, just this, this desire to, to be more creative, to kind of like, you know, reinvent yourself in whatever way you want to do. And you finally have, um, that, that freedom and that lightheartedness to, to do that. Um, and that, that is something that I really think, uh, that I really want to bring a lot more attention to because I feel like a lot of people, um, are, are holding themselves back in ways that they don't even realize and stuff like that can be so liberating. And it's also so great because, you know, you're getting rid of items. You can, you know, you can give it to Goodwill or friends or whatever and, and repurpose that energy and, and shift it and alchemize it. And that's, you know, ultimately what this is all about. So it's, you know, it's, it's beneficial for you and other people. And it's something that I really encourage people to, to do frequently. Good reminder. It's making me want to do that. So how can people get in touch with you and work with you? Um, so I am on um, Instagram, YouTube, uh, newly on TikTok. <laughs> and um, my handle is at the stylist witch, all one word. And my website is www.thestylistwitch.com. That's cool that you have that like username. It feels like yeah, it's I was surprised point. it wasn't taken. I know. Definitely. <laughs> it was meant to be though. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me to enlighten us about fashion alchemy. I feel inspired to go make some shifts in my wardrobe and call in some new clothes too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Sabrina. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I found Gabby on Instagram and was basically an immediate yes of I need to connect with her. I want to work with her. So I did a personal styling session with her, um, got some outfits. Um, it was like personal shopping, basically. It was cool to get to do like fashion work with someone who has a magical or a witchy relationship with fashion, because I can totally relate with that. And 
um, I learned a lot and I got some fun outfits out of it and really, um, just so enjoyed talking with her and recording this episode. I hope that you feel inspired as well around making some fashion magic in your life. And I wonder too, like, you know, wearing all black is like pretty common. So I wonder how many of you relate to that. And it's interesting, you know, I didn't know until going to her profile and seeing like an infographic that she made about the meaning of colors and then talking about it with her further that black is this like power color. Um, there was this one time in Olympia, Washington, when I lived there where I had a friend who like, she always wore all black and I thought she just looked so cat like and cool. And I started wearing all black because I was inspired by her and I remember just feeling like really good wearing all black. Um, and it's nice that since I've added more color to my wardrobe and that's not something I do anymore, that if I need to feel empowered or I want to feel like a badass, then I can just wear all black and get into that frame of mind. I do that pretty often on Saturdays because it's Saturn's day. Um, I also know so many people in the astrology community who do actually like they wear the colors of the planetary days. Um, and I love it. I love that we are connecting with the planets and having a, making our fashion like an offering to the planets, um, on those days. So invite to tune into that. It's fun. It's, um, it is magical and it does shift your reality in this very pleasant and harmonic way. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and are feeling really lush and abundant in your life. 